Luke chapter 2. Now, I know I've preached this message before, but I love it so much, and I, I feel it's very pertinent right now because the whole world is talking about peace or lack of peace. And uh, I want to read from Luke 2, from verse 10. It says this, And the angel said to them, Fear not. That's incredible, isn't it? A whole bunch of angels light up the sky, you know, 12 foot high, shimmering, and the first words are, Fear not. <laughs> okay. Um, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that there will be for all the people. Uh, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, an, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and sing, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. And we sang it earlier. You probably wondered why we were singing Latin. Did anybody wonder why we were singing Latin? Gloria, it's not some girl's name. In excelsis Deo, it's got nothing to do with Celsius or Fahrenheit. In excelsis Deo is Latin. Gloria in excelsis Deo is Latin for glory to God in the highest. That's why we sing it. And uh, so th there's these angels in the sky, bam, they're just pile out this thing. Hey, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to all men with whom God is pleased. Uh, and that's the key, uh, the key bit. Now, we live in a world that is without peace more so this year than any year that I can remember. Uh, we have war in the Ukraine, of course. We've almost forgotten that because we have war in Israel. Uh, we have war protesters. All the cities around the world have had protests, anti-Semitic protests over the war in Israel. War protesters everywhere. We have war even in our homes. So many homes have no peace. And, uh, you know, I think we need peace, don't you? Now, when, when the angels said, peace on earth to all men, they didn't stop there. They put a caveat on the end. They weren't announcing peace to every single human. They were announcing peace in the form of the Prince of Peace coming to earth. The Prince of Peace is now arrived and lying in a manger in Bethlehem, they were saying. So why did they have the caveat that we often overlook with whom he is well pleased? Because there's a peace that mankind comes up with and it's not peace at all. You know, I, I talked the other week, I mentioned that, that, that they said, oh, we've got peace. We had peace in Israel before Hamas invaded. No, they didn't. The, the, Hamas from Gaza sent four and a half thousand missiles into Israel every year. That's not peace. It's just not. You know, I love you. Let's be at peace while I fire missiles at you. That's the, but, but see, the world says we want that sort of peace. But I believe there's a peace that passes all understanding. And it's here for everyone. Isaiah 9 verse 6, uh, Eli read it before. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is the prince or the ruler over peace. And later in Isaiah it says, in Isaiah 26 verse 3, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. See, that's the key. The people who please God are those who trust in him. And when you trust in him, you have access to supernatural peace, even in the middle of conflict. And I know some of you are looking at Christmas and you're going, whoa, this will not be fun. You know, you'll get people together and you'll lock them in a room and give them a turkey and they'll fight. 
Some people, that's what, that's what Christmas is like. Or they won't talk to one another. And so in the middle of all that stuff, what I'm telling you is if you love Jesus and your mind is stayed on him because you trust in him, you can have peace, even in the midst of whatever you're going to on Christmas Day. See, trusting God in the New Testament sense is, is trusting Jesus gives us the opportunity of peace. The world is going crazy. And those in Christ are able to be at perfect peace. In the middle of the conflict, we can have peace. Ephesians 2.14 For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the, in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Now, some of you are facing a Christmas that is pretty hostile. And as I said, the, the peace that Hamas used to have with Israel involved 4,500 missiles a year. That's pretty hostile, don't you think? Most of the so-called peace we see in the world is not really peace. It's just the absence of open conflict. North and South Korea... Right? The, the 49th parallel. They're not at peace. They're at simmering war. What about China and, and Taiwan? What about the Balkans? So many places in the world that say they're at, ple- at peace, including families. I mean, you go out there and drive around the streets of our city and you'll see nice houses with nice lawns, but inside it is wall-to-wall hell in there because there's no peace. You know, the dividing walls of hostility are everywhere this Christmas, more so than normal. So at Christmas, when we have war all around us, even in our homes, how can we find real peace, forever peace, peace that passes all understanding? It's available to you, but you will never find it. Listen to me, you'll never find it in, in a government, in the media's latest philosophy, in the good intentions of men. You can only find true peace in the Prince of Peace. And that was that gift so long ago on Christmas Day, the Prince of Peace. Last week I talked about how people like to spell, they like to take Jesus out of Christmas. So they say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas because they don't want to have a Christ in it. And then they say Xmas because they don't want to put Christ in miss. And I think for many of us, even as Christians, we sometimes spell Christmas. C-R-I-S-I-S mess, crisis mess, because that's what Christmas can be, can't it? Who's been at a tense Christmas gathering at some point in your life? Yes. Don't look at each other. <laughs> I have to. I, I remember one time my, my sister was out of sorts with, with some of the, the... There'd been a bit of a rift in our family, and I still remember our girls... Uh, surrounding one of the people they thought was a victim and surrounding her to protect her from the auntie. <laughs> oh, that, that's great. Welcome to Merry Christmas, folks, you know. Talk about peace. I mean, look at the mess our country is in over the last few years alone. We are so confused as a people. We exclude people in the name of inclusivity. We compel people to do things they don't want in the name of safety. We fight over the definition of a male or a female. We are the only species on earth that can't tell the difference between a male and a female. We are. And then we just had a vote, allegedly to be more inclusive of Aboriginal people, and all it's done is cause more division. 
There is no peace in our nation, even in our homes. They are hostile and divided. Yet sometimes, in the middle of an ocean of conflict, madness and destruction, God shines a tiny candle of peace that speaks of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. So today, I want to share, and I know I've preached this before, but I'm going to do it again because I really like it. So put up, if you've heard it before, put up with it. Um, but I think it's time to proclaim peace, don't you? And the greatest example I can think of, I'm about to speak about, a little ray of hope in the midst of one of the greatest man-made destructions of all time. And uh, I think that I love this story because it shines peace into one of humanity's greatest conflicts. John 14, 27, Jesus said this, Peace I leave you, not, uh, he said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives you, do I give you. He doesn't give that sort of peace. Peace is not the absence of war or conflict. He gives true peace. He says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He is the Prince of Peace. So I want to take you back 109 years to the Western Front, and I want to talk about the Christmas truce. And uh, this is my, this is just, I, I really like studying history. And this is one of my favorite, well, we're going to have actual photos of it up here. It's one of my favorite stories. I love it. So put up with it if you've heard it, because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's December 1914 and the Great War has been raging for months. World War I was called the Great War back then. We call it World War I because we had a second one that was greater. But back then it was called the Great War. It had been raging for months. In that time, the German army had swept through Belgium and driven uh, towards Paris, but they were repelled by a combined French army and British expeditionary force in the Battle of Ain. At that point, uh, in northern France and Belgium, the war deteriorated into a static war with trenches stretching all the way from Belgium right the way through to Switzerland. From Flanders and Belgium right the way through to Switzerland was a single line of trenches. Soldiers on both sides had started this whole thing a few months before, confidently saying, we'll be home by Christmas. And yet there they were, that first Christmas, and it was really cold, and they stood there in waterlogged trenches, frozen, miserable, and homesick, gazing fearfully across no man's land at the enemy. They were shelled, machine gunned, and fought not only the enemy, but they also had to fight the cold, the lice, and the rats in their trenches. They were lonely, afraid, freezing, miserable. What kind of a Christmas was this, they were thinking? Peace on earth, you're joking, right? They're in the biggest conflict of all time. In the Ypres sector of, of the Western Front of Belgium, Ypres is spelled Y-P-R-E-S, Ypres in French. British couldn't say that. They said wipers. Did you know that? Y purs. <laughs> so in the, in the Ypres section of the Western Front in Belgium, British forces from the Northumberland Hussars 7th Division stood guard over the parapet looking over no man's land. And as the sound of guns and artillery faded away on Christmas Day, there was a strange silence which was replaced. Now, this is a true story, remember. In the middle of this huge conflict, it was replaced by the sound coming from the German lines beyond the wire. They were singing. And so they could hear these voices singing. They didn't know what it was about. And so this is what they heard. If we can put the slide up, because I'm going to ask you to sing this. Stille Nacht. Come on. Heiliger Nacht. 
Alles schläft einsam wacht, nur das trate hoch heiliger Paar. Hole Knabe in lockigen Haar, schlaf in himmlischer Ruhe, schlaf in himmlischer Ruhe. Well, a few of the British soldiers raised their heads above the parapet, listening to a language they did not understand, but a tune they recognised. They'd been told that the enemy were devils. They were intent on conquering the world. But here was this same enemy singing praises to the same saviour they worshipped on Sundays in their churches. They noticed that the Germans had set some candles on top of the trenches. And in a few trenches they displayed makeshift Christmas trees that they fashioned from a few battered branches left after the shelling. And something broke in the men's spirit. A longing rose up in their hearts that on this Christmas day they might find a moment of peace in a mad world of carnage. Both sides began to shout Christmas greetings to each other and they stood at their post cold, wet, tense, wondering what would come next. Now further down the line in the French sector, the experience was similar. As the guns and the shellings began to fall silent, the French soldiers stood damp and miserable in their trenches. And they too heard the sounds of Christmas carols and hymns drifting across no man's land. Then a lone French voice began its refrain. You can sing with this as well. Douce nuit, Sainte nuit, dans les cieux. L'astre lui, le mystère et annonce accompli. Cet enfant sur la paix endormi, c'est l'amour infini, c'est l'amour infini. And then it went quiet. And then a lone German soldier quietly, fearfully, climbed onto the top of the trench, waving his arms to show that he had no weapon. And he called out to the French. Others joined him on the top of the, fr- of the trench. And French soldiers climbed from their trench. And both sides began to take terrifying steps out into no man's land. And they were calling out, The French called out, Joyous Noel. And what did the Germans say, Otto? Merry Christmas in German. Frohe Weihnachten. (laughs) See, he's so German he can't remember it. No, he's Frohe Weihnachten. Did I say that right? I did. I'm getting him to school me in this, and he's, he's grading me on how I say this. But they started to call, to call Merry Christmas to one another in their own language. Well, back in Ypres, the, the soldiers cautiously made their way out to the middle of the shell-torn, blood-soaked quagmire between the trenches, and the Germans got out of their trenches, and both sides fearfully met in the middle, worried that the magic of that moment would suddenly be shattered by the sound of a bullet or a shell, and they met tentatively in the middle. And they began to speak to each other, although they could not understand each other properly. 
but with hand gestures and impromptu presence of cigarettes, chocolate and alcohol, they laughed and sang hymns together. Along miles and miles of the Western Front, enemies met in the middle and began to see each other as people. You see, people don't make wars. Generals and stuff make wars. People fight them. Some soldiers buried the many dead. Others talked quietly and smoked. And then someone produced, this actually happened, someone produced a football and they began to play. They began to play football in the middle. This is an actual photo of it, in the middle between the trenches. And reports suggest that the Germans beat the British 3-2, so some things never change. And all along the line, men swapped stories, showed photographs of their families and shared cigarettes and, and Christmas cheer. The men, as the generals later described it, were fraternising with the enemy. But for a moment or two in the midst of horror, death and war, a ray of peace and hope shone through as enemies celebrated together the birth of the Prince of Peace in the middle of the Great War. And the British soldiers, having heard their enemies sing, sing glory to God in the highest, began to lift their voices and sing too. And they sang, you know this one, Silent night, come on. Holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child. Holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. In later years, Every Christmas, this scene would never be repeated because the generals did not want the soldiers seeing each other as human beings with families, with children and having a sense of humour. They didn't want them to see the enemy as worshipping the same God as them. So they issued an order against such friendliness and they tried to demonise the enemy on the other side of the trenches. But for that first year, 1914, in the midst of one of the greatest uh, and the worst wars in human history, peace reigned for a few short hours. Then, as at the end of that most extraordinary day drew close, uh, the men reluctantly returned to their trenches, to the mud, the lice and the shells and the bullets and the wet and the war. And they got back in their trenches and they called out to one another, you ready for it to start yet? Yes, we are. Okay, good. Someone fired a shot and the war started again. Incredible, isn't it? It's an amazing story. I love it. In the midst of the hatred and carnage of the Great War, the significance of a tiny baby born in Bethlehem two millennia before, and the wonderful gift so freely given by God to win back the souls of men and women was truly felt. And uh, there's a photograph here. This is the, the, the front page of the Daily Mirror, and I think it was uh, January second or something 1915 because this was 1914 happened when the news came through and that was the front page of the newspaper in London isn't that incredible that in the middle of all this the prince of peace was there the prince of peace was part of it you see we all need a piece of peace 
This Christmas Day, 109 years later, Jesus is offering you the same true inner peace, the peace that lasts not only for a day but for eternity. That little baby that we sing about in the manger was God Almighty come to earth, humbling himself and opening the door for you to experience peace with God and with each other and peace in every area of your life. That Christmas truce of 1914 proves that even in the midst of the greatest conflict of humankind or any war or any hostility, when we turn our eyes upon Jesus, we can experience true, deep, everlasting peace. So what I want to ask you briefly this morning is, do you know that peace in your heart, in your life? Do you experience that in your family, in your work? Because if you don't, I believe God's got something special for you this morning. You see, we live in, a, we live in an age of fear, don't we? I've never seen so much fear out there in the world. People are still fearful of COVID. People are fearful of world war again. They fear interest rates rising, inflation, rent rises, housing crisis. We have more mental health and anxiety and domestic violence than ever before in our history and, and, and in our nation. From, from governments to schools, even some churches, it's morally confusing and falling apart. But... Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 says that peace guards your heart. Listen to this. Do not be anxious about anything. Everybody say anything. Anything. Anxious about war? No. Anxious about interest rates? No. Anxious about having Christmas with a bunch of people that you're related to and you don't like? No. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If you don't have peace in your soul today, then we have peace here that passes all understanding. The chance to connect with the Prince of Peace himself in the midst of whatever war you face right now. In other words, you'll experience calm in the midst of chaos. Regardless of what's happening in the world, in your family, regardless of who is attacking you, regardless of how much money you have, you might feel, or how lonely you might feel at Christmas time, when you know Jesus, you can pray and be confident that God has heard your prayer. You know, in, in our life, Fiona and, and my life as we've, as we've lived and grown, we've had some tremendous pressures on our lives, tremendous disappointments. And uh, some of you will know, we, we lost, we made a fortune and lost a fortune, had to start again. And it was pretty sad. But I tell you, in the midst of all that, we kept trusting Jesus and we had an incredible peace in our heart. This is not something we talk about. This is something we live. Because no matter what happens, we can have peace in our heart. We can believe God. And, and if it doesn't work out the way we want, we can still trust him to do whatever it takes. Because he is in control, not us. You know, when we pray, we know he's heard our problem. And, and whatever problem you face, if you pray, because he's the Prince of Peace, he can give you peace. And God puts a sentry around us, like, like soldiers around us, to guard our heart and our mind, our thoughts and our feelings, no matter what is thrown at us, no matter what they say out there about you, you can have perfect peace. And it all starts with a baby in a manger. And that's our gift. That's God's gift at Christmas time. He gave his one and only son. You know, our world is a mess. Standards and behavior in our society are falling apart. Your family might be tense or self-destructing, but today God is offering you the peace that passes all understanding right here for you right now. 
Remember the verse we started with where the angel said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's well pleased. Well, that's the formula for peace. Number one, you give him glory. Glory to God in the highest. And number two, make sure God's pleased with you. How do you do that? You accept him in your, into your heart. And if you have accepted Jesus, you turn your eyes upon him. We sing it often, but what's that song say? Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And what happens? The things of earth grow strangely dim. That's peace. When you focus on Jesus and whatever is happening around you, whatever business concerns, whatever money concerns, whatever family concerns, they fade away because you're focused on him. This is the peace that we not only talk about at Christmas time, but we as believers has, have, have the opportunity to live it. And if you're not living it, it needs to change right now. The, you know, the next step towards peace, as the angels promise, is to become one of those with whom he's well pleased by getting close to God. If you want that peace, you know, guess what will please God right now? You coming to him. You opening your heart to him. You devoting yourself to him. That's what pleases him. And that is what opens the door for peace for you. I know some of us are are, are facing, you know, a Christmas which will be anything but peace. But in the middle of all that stuff, in the middle of World War III in your family, God can give you peace that passes all understanding. Isn't that cool? You can have a Christmas truce even in your family. You see, your sin, everybody's sin is destined for hell. But Jesus came as a baby that first Christmas and he grew into a man and he chose to lay his life down for you to die in your place. You deserve to die. He took it upon himself. God's greatest gift was his son. And the best thing you can do is to accept the gift. If I have a gift and I want to hand it to, I want to give it to someone, two things have to happen. One, I have to decide to give it. If I, don't, if I decide I don't want to give it, you don't get it. But if I decide I want to give it, something else has to happen. You have to receive it. And some of you here have sort of, you know, you've thought about God. Maybe you've been to church a time or two, but you've never actually committed your life to Christ. You've never actually tapped into the Prince of Peace and experienced that in your life. Because you talk around it and you say lots of stuff, but you have never experienced it. Because you've never totally yielded your life to him. Well, I don't want you to leave this place without the peace that God offers. See, John 3.16, the most famous verse in the Bible says this, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. People think Christians are so condemning. No, we're not. We're so loving. We don't condemn you. That's not why Jesus sent his, his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You see, he loves you so much. So what's stopping you, Christmas 2023, what's stopping you from opening your heart now and yielding your life totally to him and receiving this, this perfect peace into your life? In the midst of a world that's out of control, just like those soldiers back in 1914, you can experience true peace this Christmas. The peace that passes all understanding. The Prince of Peace, who is Jesus. It's time to trust in Jesus. I'm going to finish as we normally do with a couple of prayers. But I want to to invite you, I want to challenge you this morning. This is your moment to get the perfect peace in your life. 
Why walk out of here in conflict when you can have peace? Why walk out of here in in confusion when you can have truth? Why walk out of here destined for hell when you can be destined for heaven? Would you bow your heads with me? Everyone bow your head. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, this is your moment. This is your moment when you can say, yes, Lord, I want the Prince of Peace in my life. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray this with me. You might have prayed it before. You might have prayed it a long time ago. Maybe you need to come back to him. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you've made a commitment to Christ, but you're not sure. If you're truly saved, if you're truly going to heaven, let's make sure this morning, leave here with perfect peace, knowing where you're going and who you're going with. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to say these words after me. And we're going to ask Jesus into your life. Just say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. But right now, Lord Jesus, I ask you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. And thank you for welcoming me into your family. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, just shoot your hand up where you are very quickly. I'm not going to bring you to the front, but just shoot it up where you are. Praise God. Are there any more? I know there's a few more. Yeah. Praise God. Now, for the rest of us, we we know Jesus, we love Jesus, but I know that many, I've got a very specific call this morning. Some of you are facing a Christmas that is not going to be a peaceful time. There's hostility between husbands and wives, parents and children, siblings and cousins. I can't wave a magic wand and change any of those situations, but what I can do is pray for peace for you in the midst of those situations. You can experience supernatural peace in the midst of hostility. Ephesians 2.14 says, He himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Lord, I want to pray for for those facing that this, this Christmas. If it's a Christmas of loneliness, if it's a Christmas of uncertainty, if it's a Christmas of potential conflict, Lord, I want to pray that you will be the Prince of Peace in our lives, whatever we face. So I'm going to lead you, church, in a prayer. And if you are facing a Christmas that looks a bit dodgy, looks a bit potentially nasty in places, if there's conflict in your family, if there's conflict between you and your friends, if there's conflict between husband and wife or parents and children or siblings, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We are going to pray and we are going to believe for perfect peace in your life, perfect peace. So let's stand together. Just keep your eyes closed because I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask for the Lord's perfect peace. Let's stand together. Lord, as we open our hearts to you, Heavenly Father, we just pray that you would speak to us and draw us to yourself right now. If you're facing a potentially difficult Christmas in your family or among your friends, then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Now, you may not be the source of the conflict. Someone else may be the source, but you can't control them. You can only control you. So I'm going to ask you to pray this with me. 
If you're facing that sort of Christmas, potentially pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I yield my heart to you and I ask that your perfect peace would fill my heart and my soul no matter what happens this Christmas. Lord, be the Prince of Peace in my family, among those I love. And I ask it in Jesus' name. We're going to finish by singing Silent Night all the way through. And if you are facing a Christmas that looks potentially difficult, I'm going to invite you to the front. I'm serious about this because I don't want anyone to experience a horrible Christmas. If you're facing loneliness, if you're facing potential family problems, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. This is not about you. This is about just praying for peace in your life. We'll get our team just to pray with you. We'll just believe God for true peace in your life. But don't leave here and face a minefield out there. We're just going to sing it a few times through. I know God's speaking to people here. I know some of you are facing potentially really difficult times over Christmas. Don't do it alone. Do it with the Prince of Peace. So if the Lord's speaking to you, make your way to the front. Please.